Welcome into this week's edition of the Quarterback Room. My name is Jerry Hamilton, joined by Rod Babers, Lifetime Longhorn. Hey, look, Rod knows something about covering. He knows something about reading quarterbacks' eyes, right? So we're talking, it's big game week. Big game hunting, hate week. We've seen all the videos uh, from uh, last night in Austin. We've seen videos of Bob Stoops and Venables and Barry Switzer on the Oklahoma uh, Twitter account. Here we are, Rod, less than 48 hours out. Where are you at with this game? What are your thoughts? The lines dropped from six and a half to five, by the way. Yeah, uh, that is interesting because I think Longhorn fans and even myself, uh, we're growing more and more confident as you get closer and closer to Texas OU. And this, I think, is uneasy for Longhorn fans because we're not used to this feeling. The feeling that you do have the better team with the with the most talent that has been battle tested already. It's a weird feeling because you know that none of the stats, all of that stuff, you can throw it out the window in a Texas OU game because they're rivals and how unique the environment is. Uh, but it is a strange place to be. And it might have been 2009, the last time Longhorns went into a Texas OU game feeling this good about their team. It might have been, and I, it, it, it's almost uneasy yep. to be this, be this cocky. Right. It feels cocky. It feels cocky and it feels arrogant to be this close to Texas OU and be this confident. Right. We're here to talk quarterbacks, but when's the last time Texas walked in the games thinking we have the better offensive and defensive lines? Texas any OU? games, any games that are ranked. <laughs> It's been a while on the offensive line now. Oh, we have, we're going to maul these guys. That's not the way Texas has thought for many years now. No, and to have already some proof on the resume against Alabama in Tuscaloosa, say, no, no, actually they can go out there against the best lines of scrimmage teams in the country, and they can hold their own, not only hold their own, sometimes they can have their way. And yep. that, I, I don't think we've ever had that. I, I, no. For 2005, maybe oh, got to go back to 05, 04. It, it may be, hey, look, it may have been Mac's first year with Ricky, Leonard Davis, Mike Williams. That's a great point. Where, uh, yeah. I mean, Texas pretty much ran the ball down the throat of everybody that year. That may have been the last time. I mean, it was uh, what Sark and these guys, I know we're here talking about quarterbacks, last point. What Sark's doing right now is they're running the ball when they want to run the ball. Yeah, dangerous. That's, that's a game changer. That's dangerous, man, considering all the weapons they have in the passing game. That's that's a mathematical equation defenses cannot solve. That's right. But we're here to talk about quarterbacks, and we want Rod's thoughts on this. Quarterback experience in the Texas OU game. Let's lay this out. Gabriel was out last year with a concussion. Um, I think he, he really may not even remember that game. Quinn had been out with injury, returns. Yep. And has a tremendous game, 289 yards passing, right? Uh, I think it was three touchdowns with an interception. May have been four. Um, so Texas has the quarterback that's played in this game before. Yep. Dylan Gabriel started 43 games and has thrown for over 12,000 yards, 298 yards a game. Average in 43 starts. So while Gabriel hasn't played in this game, he's not lacking experience. So kind of where do you fall on this whole topic headed into the game? Uh, you know what? It's interesting. Uh, you know, go look at the stats since 1990. If you look yeah. at first time starting quarterbacks in the Texas OU game versus quarterbacks who have starting experience in the Texas OU game, uh, only four quarterbacks 
have won in that circumstance, in that situation, going up against veteran experienced quarterback as first time starters in this matchup. Uh, it just shows you those guys are Spencer Rattler, Jalen Hurts, Justin Fuente, Sam Bradford. Now you can win as a first time. Whoa, that was four from one. That was all one sided, Rod. <laughs> Oklahoma. Yeah. Oh, you. It says Saturday Now you can win as a first time starter. Even Quinn right. Ewers did that, but he wasn't going up against a right. veteran right. and a guy who's already started in this game. In that situation, which we have now, where Quinn Ewers is a veteran who's already started at a spectacular performance, as you mentioned last year, going up against Dylan Gabriel, who is, I mean, and this thing about Dylan Gabriel that you got to respect, guys, I don't know if there's any quarterback in the country who has the intimate knowledge and familiarity with their system. That's right. Like he has in that beer and shoot system for Jeff Levy. Nobody in the country is as familiar with their system as he is with that system. Well, Rock, I read off the numbers, over 12,500 passing yards in his career. They've all come in the same <laughs> offensive system. <laughs> 110 touchdowns, 22 interceptions, five to one ratio, all in the same system. It's amazing. It, that, that type of continuity, you just don't see that these days. And so that's amazing. So keep, you got to throw it out there. He is a veteran quarterback and he is really comfortable. And, and he so probably can seen, coach. So, Rod, he's seen everything. Nobody's going to throw anything at him he hasn't seen before. Yeah. That's he can the coach key, that right? system. Yeah. He can coach that system pretty much. That's how well he knows it. Uh, but he hasn't played in this game. This game is a unique, emotionally charged game. You know, a lifetime, legendary lifetime Longhorns like, you know, Dan Neal uh, compared it to the, the to the Super Bowl saying, yeah. I felt the same emotional charge uh, as I felt in the Super Bowl. That's the only thing that, that was familiar to him when he got to the Super Bowl was that Texas OU game. The, the legendary lifetime Longhorn Keith Moore and Big Red said the same thing about being at the at the world, being, being at the plate in the World Series. He said, I felt the same emotional charge that I felt in that Texas OU game. That's hard for first time players to be able to navigate and to be able to control sometimes. Sometimes the emotional overwhelm you. I know that as a young player who, as a first-time starter, I, we got overwhelmed, right, uh, in 2000. So I think that's important. That's why those those veteran quarterbacks, they seem to have a bit of an advantage going up yep. against the first-time starters because they know how to navigate that emotional charge. And Dylan Gabriel's got the pressure this year of this team wants revenge. So he, he And he also probably has the pressure of feeling like, um, even though guys, these guys don't break it down, they do, Rod. You know, you played. Oh, yeah. People say, Oh, I don't look at social media, I don't look at this. That BS. Um, he knows he has to play probably his best game or close to it for Oklahoma Saturday. Where Quinn Ewers, because he's probably looking at that saying, Well, Quinn's got a better offensive line advantage, D line advantage, is outside with Texas a little bit, even though these are my teammates. I have to play a really, really good game here for Oklahoma to give us the best chance to win. Uh, that's a little added pressure in your first one of these. Uh, there's no doubt, right? The it seems like the paths to victory for Texas are are, are many and wide, yeah. <laughs> right? And it feels like the path to victory for the upset for Oklahoma that there are very few paths, and that they are very narrow paths. And 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 one of them, all of them, have to do with Dylan Gabriel playing one of the best games he's ever played as a college football player. It's just that simple. It's that simple. Yeah, they're gonna have. And he's by the way, he can do it. He can. Yeah, look, can look. This is a guy who's thrown for six hundred yards against Memphis. He threw up for over four hundred yards twice last year for Oklahoma. Yep. And I know people talk about competition, competition. This is the Texas defense, but what that guy has, he's dialed up big games before. It doesn't matter who you're playing. He's delivered before. And that I have four more questions for Rod in the quarterback room this week. 
Question two, then. We're staying on Dylan Gabriel. How does Texas defend Dylan Gabriel's deep ball? Because, look, he may not have the NFL arm, but he has NFL accuracy and timing. Yep, that's a great way to put it. And, you know, it's interesting. He's completing close to 60% of his deep balls right now, passes 20 yards or more down the field. Uh, You go look at his targets. uh, Nick Anderson, he's averaging – uh, over 20, 20 something yards per reception. Uh, Farouk, 19 yards per reception. Uh, Andre Anthony, 17 yards per reception. What, what this offense is designed to do, the deer and shoot, formationally, it's going to stress you horizontally, right? Yes. And wide splits of the wide receivers going to force your safeties to widen their alignments a little bit. That's how they take guys out of the box. But they also want to stress you vertically with the vertical passing game, taking those shots downfield. If you can connect on enough of them, and they are connecting on enough of them, you really can force uh, defense to play with a light box all the time and almost stranded. You can keep those safeties stranded in no man's land because they've got depth because they're defending the deep ball, and then they got a lot of width. All right, because they they defending those wide splits, yeah. and you're like, man, they're, they're kind of in no man's land. That's going to be key. So I think one of the keys actually is Jalen Catalan. Uh, you know, in the way that he defends. Think about it, guys. You can, Longhorn fans can remember this well. You need a safety that can defend the run from depth, right? And that means he can he can set initially yeah. alignment at two as a two high safety set. But even from 12 to 15 yards after he has diagnosed the run, he can he can diagnose a precise angle to the football and get a, a on a beeline get a missile to the football, like a heat seeking missile to the football. I, I call him the alley cat. Shout out to my man, Justin Wells, who calls the alley Catalan. All right. Alley Catalan right to the football. And, you know, he comes, he brings the thunder. That's a guy that can run support from depth because just because you only got six guys in the box doesn't mean you only got six guys in the run fit. And that's a guy that can be in the run fit from depth to deter the deep ball initially when Dylan Gabriel was making his initial read, even from the RPO, essentially. And then he can still come down and provide run support. Now, it may be late, but think about it. He knows where that that gap is going to – he knows where it's going to spill because Texas run defense is pretty stout. And with that, with Bunbe Sweat up there and Byron Murphy and Jalen Ford, those guys are pretty stout and yes. they are consistent in the run game. The reason he can diagnose exactly where the ball is going to spill because he knows right what the run fits are on defense. And he knows, all right, I trust my teammates. The only place for that ball to spill is this gap. And I'm coming. I will, and I'm going to really want to feel it. You need that kind of guy. So I, that's number one. I would have a lot more Jalen Catalan playing, but also – they're picked. Remember when Texas gets picked on in, in deep, it's a lot of the safeties that are being picked on with those vertical shots. And it's and, been more down the middle of the field, Rod. Yes. And Dylan Gabriel completes over 60% of his completions are in between the hashes. He yeah. likes to pick on those safeties. And Texas safeties have been susceptible. In the Bama game, we saw that. Uh, we also saw some of that later on that, you know, the the, the, the Baylor game. We saw Kansas actually yeah. pick on it too. Uh, so if you're picking on Ryan Watts like Baylor did, I guess, and you're picking on those safeties like Alabama did or like Kansas did, I think you tighten that rotation up. Jaron Thompson, he aerial statesman, he can get picked on, but he usually makes up for it. You got to play more Catalan, considering how he plays the run from depth. And Derek Williams, man, he's he's a he's a great coverage player at the safety position. Um, he's a natural coverage guy at safety. I wonder if they're having some issues. They see more of him in there. Uh, maybe not the best run support or not right now the best run support, but he's probably your best coverage safety right now. Look, I, I just got to say one thing. This is the quarterback room. That's Rod Babers. This is Jerry Hamilton. 
Rod Babers wore 21 and he could cover. We need the Texas guy wearing 21 this year to cover at safety. Amen, brother. Yeah, exactly. He needs to do that jersey in the background proud <laughs> Saturday in coverage, all right? No flat-footed, snow no. eyes beat on a post this week. Exactly. Yeah. 21 that needs to do 21 exactly justice right. this week. That's right. And, and by the way, they're also going to attack Ryan Watts. Why? Because he's dealing with an injury. He's day to day. And Baylor attacked him with some success with deep, sh- deep shots down and, the field. And, Rod, Ryan Watts' watch strength as a corner in this scheme is playing the run, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. And he's always going to cheat to his strength. So what happens? You tend to give you tend to get beat deep, right? Yep. He's an eyes in the backfield corner that plays the run really, really well, probably a safety at the next level. Um, so what does that make you susceptible to? If you don't have great turn and run speed, getting beat deep. Yep. And I guarantee you with the injury and with that skill set you just talked about, they're going to test them. And if you – if Ryan Watts is off the field or doesn't play because of the injury, then you got a you got a youngster, you got a freshman behind that, right. Malik Muhammad, who I think, by the way, better technique at the line of scrimmage than uh, Ryan Watts. He's probably a better natural cover guy, and he's a ball hawk. Love that, love his skill set. So that's not a that's not a tremendous drop off there, but there is inexperience, and in this game, everything is amplified, including inexperience. You go if you're Oklahoma, you go after both of them. Yeah, on deep shots early. Yeah. And I think they'll throw those deep balls early. But I think there are ways for Texas to defend it, but they tighten up the rotations and you play those safeties from depth with with the too deep shell. I think it'll deter some of those deep shots. I'm I'm sure you and Ian talked about it. We don't need to go into it because I want to ask you how uh, Brent Venables will attack Quinn Ewer's second go-round playing against him, defending against him. But I could see both these teams attacking with the pass early in Oklahoma deep because that's their best chance to open up the run game. They yeah. I, that's the best chance if they if they're struggling throwing the ball down the field, then what's Texas gonna be like? All right, let's yeah. go, let's go. I, yeah. I mean, that's their best, that's their best chance in this. Totally game. agree. If you shut down that deep passing game, you're gonna force them to beat you with short intermediate passes. Think about how good Texas has been closing, uh, and, and tackling in the open field on short intermediate passes, guys yeah. like Day Baron, and they've been really, really good there. I would trust Texas if that ended up being. The, the game plan for Oklahoma. I would stop with stopping the deep shots. They're averaging less than four yards per carry on offense, rushing the football. So they're not a juggernaut in the uh, running. Against, uh, against no ranked opponents, by the way. And mm-hmm. Arkansas State probably being it, one being their best rushing game thus far. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So, Rod, three more questions here in the quarterback room. How does Brent Venables attack Quinn Ewers? Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Yeah, this is a this is a, a multifactorial, interesting uh, question. I you know I I really have thrown out several different theories that you know exactly how Brent Venables could go about trying to expose Quinn Ewers on this big stage. You know the one thing I'll say is he's got to show Quinn a look on the field that he hasn't seen on film and that he isn't prepared for. Uh, and we know this based on you know Sark's comments, right? Sark after the third game said. Uh, you know, two of our opponents have given us looks on the field that we weren't prepared for based on great game planning by them. And uh, that's why we started slow. 
I'm paraphrasing. Um, and the assumption was, by me anyway, uh, hypothesizing that those two teams were Rice and Wyoming because it sure wasn't Bama. Because uh, Bama, I think they knew exactly what uh, what was what was going to be uh, deployed there defensively for Bama. And I think they prepared Quinn, even in the offseason, pretty thoroughly. And yes. that's why he looked so decisive. That's why he looked so confident throwing the football. And he was so knowledgeable and so familiar with those plays. They had to run those plays a lot. <laughs> um, but not so much against Rice in Wyoming. Yeah. Um, so even against Baylor in Kansas, I think we saw the confident Quinn. Um, if you are going to have Quinn – and by the way, Quinn is recovering from slow starts. It's not like yeah. he's discombobulated the whole game. But if he starts slow, Texas starts slow. And if Oklahoma wants a shot in this game, they need Quinn to start slow. And the key for me for Quinn to start slow is to show him something that he has not seen so that he has to try to diagnose – uh, post snap, and then you force him to be indecisive. You force him going deeper into his progressions, and that's well. Now you got the running game, which he now he likes to scramble. But usually, that's when you get the the you know the Quinn Ewers who is prone to being you know inconsistent and and making bad throws and being inaccurate. Um, but the Quinn that is confident and getting the ball out quickly, that's a Quinn that's well prepared. And when he sees the uh, whatever the presentation on defense that he's been prepared for and is familiar with, he's confident making that throw and accurate making that throw. But you want to flip that. And I think the way to do that is you got to throw something at him he hasn't seen. What is that? I don't know. For He does have the three high, three down in his repertoire. It's not something he majors in. But right. he did study it thoroughly. He actually went to Ohio, Iowa State actually at one point with John Haycock to study the three high three down. So he's got it, and he's got the same stats I do about the drop in productivity for Sark offenses versus the three high three down. That may be something he throws out there that does confuse uh, the pre-snap reads of the quarterback. And, and Rod, that always comes down to do you have confidence in your personnel to pull that off? Exactly. Now they got a faster secondary. They like they these do. guys. I love Gentry Williams now. Yeah. Williams. And your linebackers, you do have next level linebackers that can run. Yeah. Stutzman is a stud. So if he wants to throw it out there, they could. I, I I think I've seen maybe one or two snaps of it so far this season. So there's not like they're running a lot of it, but they could. They could throw it out there. And that's something that Quinn has struggled with a little bit. And it forces him to have to diagnose post snap exactly what the coverage is going to be out of that unfamiliar presentation and set. Can I tell you how I'd pressure Quinn, Rod? Um, Rod uh, Quinn is a good vertical athlete downhill, and he's climbing the pocket better as the season's moved along. Mm-hmm. If I was Venables, I'd be bringing up edge pressure, corner blitzes, nickel blitzes, line a linebacker up wide and bring it there. I – would try to keep him from getting comfortable in the pocket and push him out of that pocket. Because, you know, look, he made the throw going left against Kansas, right? But that is not his athletic strength. How do I take away his athletic strength as a quarterback? That's how I'm doing it. And, and again, when Texas lines up in the Big 12 personnel, that's when I bring a corner blitz. I'm not going to let you run these long developing pass routes where you're climbing the pocket. Yeah. yeah. I'm bringing my freaking corner. 20-yard curl on you. You aren't doing that. <laughs> so you better have a hot route, and you better get that ball out of your hand in that in, in that Big 12 package. That's where I, that's what I'm doing if I'm Brent Venables. 
and force Sark to 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 build in fail safes, right? Uh, yes. That he has to go to to dump offs, and I'm with in checkdowns. You can do that. That's I like that idea. That's what they sold something. You can't play there. conservative and go home with a loss if you're Venables. They'll boo you out of town. I agree, and I think he's gonna try to match the energy of Sark. I think he knows that Sark's a fast starter as a play caller. Yeah, you got to match that energy offensively and defensively. This is a game of momentum shifts. Those momentum shifts are amplified, and you cannot let your opponent maintain that momentum for too long, or you can get blown out in this game. Trust me, I've been on the other side of it. So when one team strikes, it's like a heavyweight fight. You'll see. I think you'll see the other team respond immediately because yeah. you you have to. Is that kind of game? So I'm with you. I think you're going to see a, a a really aggressive Brent Venables. I like that idea. I like the idea. I would I would go run blitzing early because yes. Sark likes to throw on early downs. Yeah, he likes to go play action pass RPOs on early downs. So I'd go run blitz on early downs just to wreak havoc and cause chaos. Um, because sometimes Texas will pull their guards even on play action. They'll pull their guards. You pull their guards. Hey man, sometimes they leave a nice little gap there for you. I would. I would be, I would be, I would blitz interior gaps at times on rundowns, and you need to do that anyway because you can't play Texas straight up on rundowns anyway. No, You're gonna get no. pushed back and blown back. You gotta penetrate, and make plays in the backfield, or Jay Brooks gonna be running down your throat. That's the and that's the issue right there. Yeah. Uh, this is Talking Ball. My name's Jerry Hamilton with Lifetime Longhorn Rod Babers. Uh, we got one more question today. Um, how can Quinn your skill set remedy the red zone issues for Texas? Because I think if there's one one area right now of the passing game that Sark would say, you know what? He said after the Kansas game, I simplified some things. I need to simplify yep. some things. But you know he's deep in the bag looking at, well, okay, what do I have? What can I do to maximize our opportunities here? For you, is there a direction you're going to? Let's say JT Sanders is it plays and is effective, so that's part of your your thought process. Yeah, yeah, and exactly. I mean, that, that's because if he's game. not, that's a different game. It is a different game altogether. And honestly, I think you do need to get a little funky in the red zone. I mean, speaking of JT Sanders, you know, why not go thirteen personnel in the red zone? I mean, you've got JT Sanders, yeah. and you got. X-Man out there is a great wide receiver, or A.D. Mitchell out there is a wide receiver. And I would even go 13 personnel with the Malik Ogbo Big 12 package. All right? Then you're presenting a hell of a conundrum to the defense yeah. in deep in that red zone. They got in trouble because they were, like, first in, what, eight? First in the goal on the eight-yard line, like, twice. That's, you know, that, that's not goal line territory, but, eh. It's not quite enough for you to open up the passing game there. So I think they got caught, caught up in no man's land. Uh, and they, they, they're only 102nd, I think 108th, excuse me, in the country in touchdown percentage in the red zone. But Quinn is accurate. Remember that that touchdown pass he has to A.D. Mitchell oh, yeah. in the red zone versus Kansas? They're running a cover two on that side of the field. That's not an easy throw he no. makes right over that the top. That was an NFL ball. draft throw. It was. And it was easy for him. It was well, Contrary to Teddy Lehman, that was <laughs> – an NFL draft throw, okay? But Teddy, <laughs> Teddy was just looking for his name to get mentioned on quarterback room. That's clearly all this was about. Well, you know what? He succeeded. He got played all across Austin oh, uh, yeah. radio, Austin sports radio, all the uh, sports radio top, uh, shows mentioned Teddy Lehman at least once today. In his day. 
his hot take on Quinn Ewers. Uh, but I think you got to use the accuracy of Quinn Ewers, man, down there. That's that's what that's his X Man ability is. He can put the ball on the money, and that's exactly what he did in that throw. So I would get a little funky with some of your sets. Why not throw out of some of them thirteen? Per, go thirteen personnel with the big. Go big thirteen. All right, throw out of it because you got JT Sanders mm-hmm. and X Man in the red zone. You don't need uh, to inundate them with a lot of weapons down there. You can just go RPO out of the heavy sets. Uh, and just tag it with one or two routes on the red zone. And trust me, you can get the defense to bite. Otherwise, you can just hand it off and you can just beat them with mass uh, up front. So I think you got to start mixing it up a little bit. And I think you will see Sark do that. He'll get in his bag and he'll get creative about the red zone. But I think the key is the accuracy of Quinn Ewers in the red zone. By the way, the best case scenario for Sark is they run the ball in the red zone. And exactly. It. Because in this game, just look at the – Look at the stats. That matters most. Hey, last thing, Rod, um, and and before I get out of here, before this last question, I want to mention we're at the midway point of the high school season. 2024 quarterback commitment, Trey Owens, 97 of 135, 1,434 yards, 17 touchdowns, four interceptions, three straight 300-yard-plus passing games, five touchdowns each of the last two games for Trey Owens. Sofair starting to roll a little bit. K.J. Lacey, the 2025 quarterback out of Saraland High, in Mobile, north of Mobile, Alabama, 74 out of 107, 1,191 yards, 15 touchdowns, two interceptions. He's only played in the third quarter twice this year. They've had wow. some blowouts. Uh, they got a couple of tougher games coming up late. So one to mention, the two Texas quarterback commitments, they're on pace to have really big seasons as expected, and that Sarah Land team is one people are picking to get to the state championship. We'll see how that works out. Here's the last question, though, Rod, for the quarterback room. Less than 48 hours before Texas OU. Let's do it. You don't want to run Dylan Gabriel in this game. Mm-mm. No, can't risk it. Look at what happened last year. <laughs> you want to run Jackson Arnold to test the Texas defense. Do you have a package for Jackson Arnold that maybe is maybe is more just to test Texas in the run game? Or maybe run a little option at him. Who knows, right? But – Somebody's going to throw a twist out there. Could you see Oklahoma having a package for Jackson Arnold? It's not just a twist. They've already put it on film uh, this year versus uh, SMU, actually. Uh, they had four rushes for 11 yards. Houston has a short yardage quarterback in those yep. situations. So it's already out there, and I'm with you, man. If you saw what Kansas did to Texas with the, with the triple option, why not present it one or two times just to see if Texas is ready for it again? Um, so I honestly, I, I start, I'm starting to feel more and more like you're going to see him. And Justin yeah. Wells talked about him, so you know about him as well. Apparently, he's got stuck. Uh, five star guy, Jackson Arnold, that this kid actually is a, a player too. And yeah, no, he is. And, he, and he's he's a sneaky athlete, baseball, football kid growing up, right? Yeah. He's from the state of Georgia, moved to Texas, wanted to be a Georgia Bulldog. Kirby didn't offer him. Um, so he ends up at Oklahoma. But, yeah, he's got the feet. He's got the frame, too. You know, he's a thick kid. So um, it, it won't shock me, Rod, if Texas breaks a little something out in this game. They're doing something They're doing something a little fun because versus Tulsa, they had uh, two or three plays where he played a wide receiver. So they're doing this little slash thing with him, okay. doing slash thing with him, because Brent Venable said he needs to play because next season, essentially, I'm assuming right. the job is going to be his. Yeah, yeah for sure. Uh, so watch out, guys. I, I'm with Jerry. If I'm watching film – I got a package, a triple option package with Jackson Arnold's name on it, and I got uh, I, I got a counter off of that where he throws the football deep. <laughs> well, hey, look, look, let's let's end with this, Rod. Let's end with this. After forty nine nothing last year, 
They're not Oklahoma's not going to play conservative, get on a bus with a loss and drive home. Can't happen. Can't happen. Nope. The, te- the Oklahoma fan base, if you lose your first two against Texas, one's 49 nothing, and the second one's a conservative game against a team that people perceive better, will get you booed out of town. I agree. Not Can't that do it. Can't too do proud. It. Too proud. They're too throwing proud. the kitchen sink on Saturday. Yeah. I think the first quarter, man, they're coming out gangbusters. You're going to see exotics on offense, defense, and maybe on special teams to try to make sure they either get on top of Texas early or – or to start Texas, to make sure Texas starts slow. Yep, that's it. That's uh, been this week's uh, edition of the Quarterback Room. That's Rod Babers. I'm Jerry Hamilton. Next week, we're going to work on getting a special guest on with us. Uh, It'll be the off week, the bye week. Uh, The Texas staff will be on the road recruiting. So we're going to work on uh, getting a a special guest on next week for the Quarterback Room, which at that point will break down where Quinn is at midway through the uh, regular season. That'll be six games in. We'll take a look at Malik. We'll take a look at the future, maybe. Malik and Arch. Maybe we'll talk about Malik and Arch a little bit. Um, But then we'll also talk high school recruiting and probably get a guest on. So for Rod Babers, this this is Jerry Hamilton, and you've been watching the quarterback room on On Texas Football. Welcome.